The location undisclosed. Access ready. Team Buck Headquarters. The safe haven where a radio signal transmits from the middle of nowhere to the squad of patriots. This is the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. I know I've been talking about this for a while. I know it's been an ongoing discussion with all you Team Buck folks, but we figured that there would be a a place for all of us together. There should be one where I can just kind of chat with you and and without any of the constraints of traditional radio, uh, I don't have to worry about using... Foul language, although I, I will avoid it here, but I can worry a little less about it than I do on radio, and I can just chat with you about whatever's important that week. I, I don't know. I've just wanted to do this for a while, and my plan is to use this as a Freedom Hunt insider or, or a, a Buck Sexton show inside baseball session where we get to just chat about some things, just get into whatever is, is top of mind. I, I don't feel like I have to be a slave to the the news cycle a day. I can just chat with you about things. So I hope you enjoy what's coming. It's going to be a work in progress. It's going to be a, a format we're going to be experimenting with, and we'll do some characters. I've got some guests that I'm planning to have joining us here on the show in the weeks ahead. Basically, guys, we're going to just roll and hang out, and we'll see what ends up happening with it. I'll take your feedback, your comments, and we'll keep evolving it so you feel like we're making the best usage of our time here in the hut together. I'm also going to do some history deep dives that don't fall into the uh, Shields High category, but are just things that come to mind that I want to talk to you about and some personal thoughts and stories. This will be a little bit more of an intimate uh, conversation, I think, than some of what we get to do on the radio side. I just want to start off with how this is, in a sense, my first swamp communique. This is a, a dispatch from deep in the swamp. So I'm, I've moved down to D.C. As you know, I, I was able to announce to all of you that I've launched Hill.TV Rising. That's the name of the show. It's a Crystal Ball and myself, and we're having a really good time. But we're also working in the most insane hours I've ever worked in my life, quite honestly. Uh, we have first call in the office here at 5.30 a.m., and I'm finishing radio at 9 o'clock at night. And throughout the day, you may say, well, Buck, you finish early. No, no. We end up having to do editorial meetings, interviews, run-throughs, and i got to prep for radio and all the other things. So it's been really crazy down here. But I've also got to tell you, it's an amazing time to be in the district. Because this place, Washington, D.C., has been so overrun with these uh, bureaucrats, these lobbyists, all these people, man, the swamp money, is all over the place. And yet you have this administration that does have a real impact on the feeling of this place that is so anti the bureaucracy. And and obviously we know the deep state that there are people that are trying to do everything they can to stop them. It's just a funky time to be here, you know, because I I lived in the district, uh, which is what people here call it. I lived in D.C. starting back in 2005. And I was a a young CIA officer, CIA analyst, came into the agency. And, you know, your your first few days at Langley, the whole thing is, I was right out of college. It was just kind of terrifying. You know, you're, oh, my gosh, the CIA, this is going to be crazy. And then within a few months, you realize, wow, this is a job. 
like a lot of other jobs, and you just do your thing. But now I look back on it, man, I, I had a great time in D.C. A lot of fun. There's, there's few things that compare with being a a single guy in your 20s in a city where you know, you've got enough time to enjoy yourself, but you're into your work enough that you feel like getting up in the morning and going to the office is not that hard. And I, I had a great time. I partied pretty hard. You know, my little brother was a student at Georgetown University at the time. Uh, and at one point, I even lived right off campus. So I, I was a little bit like Mitch from old school. Go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper, maybe get some flooring. Stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what? Give me that thing. I'll do one. I'll do one. We're going to do one. Do one. Do one. Do one. We're good. Streaky. Yeah. yeah, I guess that actually means I'm Frank the Tank and not Mitch, but you get the idea. I did throw some pretty rowdy parties in a Georgetown house that I was house-sitting slash renting but really house sitting at the time but it's a funny thing to have been in a city when you had a republican administration two wars raging working for the cia leave in the early days of the obama administration when this place was just so full of smug self-righteousness and the joy that can only come from excessive virtue signaling i mean dc in the early days of Obama, this place was euphoric. It was kind of weird. If, if you weren't in on it, if you weren't excited by it, I, I will tell you, because a couple of very attractive women invited me to inauguration parties during the Obama administration, I may have gone. I may have danced. There might have been some rap music played by none other than Mr. Nelly, hip-hop artist. And I, may, I might have partied at that inauguration party because... Someone has to convert the beautiful 20-something female Democrats of Washington, D.C., or had to do that at the time. But I left, and now I'm back, and I can tell you already, after being here in the swamp for about a month, there's such a different feeling here. It's almost like Trump is an alien invasion, like Trump and all the top administration officials are an occupying army. I I can't explain it better than that. That's really the sense you get, not from Americans, but from the people who happen to live in the District of Columbia, from the bureaucrats, from the the folks who work for the federal government as civil servants. There is a, a sullenness in their collective demeanor. There's something of a disdain. And this town has also just really changed. You know, it's amazing to have been gone for more than a decade and come back to a city where there's been so much, uh, su- such an infusion of, of cash, and so many people are building stuff here. The whole city has really kind of moved east. And there are neighborhoods now where people go, oh, Buck, you hang out. Have you been to this area? And I'm like, uh, you mean the part of D.C. where had I gone 10 years ago, it would have been considered highly unsafe, and I would have probably heard lots of police helicopters overhead, barking dogs, and maybe the occasional pitter-patter of gunfire in the distance. Now some of those areas, they're making fancy condos, and there's been all kinds of uh, urban renewal going on. So this place has really changed, but I'm trying to embrace the mandate of why I'm here and and to add to my repertoire. I mean, I'm here because I want to be able to get information firsthand from the administration, from the people who are here running the government, And I'm already building a great source network, which is just going to mean that the radio show that I'm hoping you all listen to that I do every day will be infused with Buck's 
human intelligence, right? Buck Source Network. I never thought that my training in tradecraft or spycraft, another way to put it, would, would come in so handy as a journalist. But the truth is the skill sets between spying and journalism, there's a tremendous amount of crossover. And being trained as an intelligence officer is better training than I can think of from any other any other place uh, to become a, a media person, whether it's writing and news, all these other things. But I, I can't get really comfortable in D.C. It feels, even though my guy's in charge, even though Trump and the White House are a few blocks away from where I do the show every day. I mean, I walked over the White House today. I can get to the White House in less than five minutes, just walk over there. I can't get all that comfortable in this place. It feels a little foreign to me. And that's coming as a New Yorker. As I like to say, New York is run first and foremost by commerce. D.C. is run by politics. And even when you have a Republican administration, the the politics are so left wing. And then there are the political journalists that I come into contact with here. I just got to tell you, journalists are the worst. They really are. You know, I've I've got obviously good friends who are journalists, and some would even say that I am a journalist, although I, I do not claim that. I don't think that's true. The people you come into contact with in D.C. who are covering the Capitol, uh, covering the goings on in Capitol Hill and also the, the White House press corps, so many just smug, self-satisfied. Oh, gosh, I feel icky when I have to deal with them. Such a the insecurity around so many of them is just palpable. And I do get the sense that a lot of them are. They're miserable to be here, but they just want to advance their careers. So I've got a mission here. I'm going to be getting as much good information for all of you as I possibly can. Things will be a lot better when I get Miss Molly down here, but that's a process that we got to figure out with her work and and her family. And she's got a new nephew in New York, adorable little baby. So cute. It's a challenge. And I, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart, being able to speak to members of Team Buck every day on the radio show and now here with this podcast, it makes all the difference. You guys are my are my home away from home. Uh, the people that listen to this show, who write me, who support me, who give me advice and their thoughts and just it, that means that means everything. And it it feels like Team Buck has traveled with me to DC. So we're going to we're going to take the fight to the deep state, to the swamp rats. We're going to make the most of the Ford operating base that is the Freedom Hut DC. Uh, but this place, something about it. I don't know. They should really break it up. I'm a firm believer they should take what's in Washington, D.C. and move different bureaucracies to other parts of the country. They don't have to be co-located. You know, let's make the Department of the Interior, let's put that in Montana. And let's take the Department of Commerce and put that in Louisiana. And let's take, you know, just, just spread them all out all over the country. They do not all need to be here. There's no reason, no need for that. You know, if people have to talk to somebody from another agency, there's something called a phone. Or they can even do a video teleconference. So I'm a believer in that because the, the swamp concentration is, is one of the big problems here. That's why you're on K Street, you see all these lobbyists and everything. The government that runs people's lives or involves itself in people's lives across the country, you know, it's not this wonderful representative republic that we are all told that it is. There is a... Folks, I'm just telling you, man, my friends, there's so much shady stuff going on here. And and part of what I'll be doing is shining a light on the shady. So with that, I I wanted to switch gears and talk to you about Cobra Kai, 
which I finally got around to. As you know, I love 80s action movies. I also love 80s martial arts movies. Thinks he can bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Not on my watch. You want those kids at school to keep dumping things on your head? You want all the girls to think you're a wangless dork? You're gonna be my karate teacher? I'm gonna teach you the style of karate that was taught to me. A method of fighting your pansy ass generation desperately needs. So I watched the first couple of episodes. I got to tell you, Cobra Kai is pretty good. I like the way they did it. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It builds off of a movie that was you know, one of those movies in my youth that I just saw so many times. I just over and over and over again. And, and I always thought it was kind of funny uh, that, you know, the, the, the kick that he uses. I'm like, if you were trying to design a, a martial arts move that was not a good idea in a self-defense situation, the crane kick, I think, would be top of the list. I mean, you're probably better off doing a spinning fly kick than you are the crane kick. I mean, you're on one leg. Sweep the leg. No mercy. If that guy comes at you, if, if he tries to shoot for the legs, uh, you know, to take you down, you're, you're in a whole lot of trouble. But the 80s was a time, for those of you who know what I'm talking you know what I'm talking about. The 80s was a time when we all kind of thought that we were going to learn martial arts at some point. If you were growing up in the 80s, I mean. So all these movies where people would be trained by some sensei, you know, they, they'd go off to a Shaolin temple, they'd come back, they'd have all these kind of skills. It wasn't until much later in life that I figured out, no, in fact, if you just hang out with a really old dude from China or Japan and learn some interesting points of philosophy it does not mean that you can beat up 50 guys without trying all that hard. You know, I think these movies set our expectations a, a, a little high for what the martial arts could, could teach you. And, and also the karate explosion. I mean, karate was something that, you know, people were, there were dojos all over the place. I remember this and it just kind of faded away. I think it's been really just overtaken by the reality of hand-to-hand combat that you see in mixed martial arts. You know, now people kind of know what it is to actually train as a fighter and, and learn how to fight. Whereas, you know, Taekwondo looks cool, but you know, you look at those tournaments, they can't even punch in the face. Uh, not how to throw face punches. What is that? It's not a it's not a fight if you can't punch in the face. I think back to some of my favorite martial arts movies from the 80s, you know, movies like Bloodsport where the acting is terrible and the screenplay is awful. But I watched those movies so many times. And, and you know, anyway, Karate Kid, for me, is such a throwback. It is so uh, full of nostalgia. I, I was so jealous of all, because all these movies that took place in the valley in the 80s and the 90s, you know, you were in the valley, and there was surfing, and there were all these beautiful women everywhere, and the weather was always perfect. That was 80s and 90s American cinema. You know, everything was happening in the valley. And I had never even been to the valley until I was an adult. It was like this mythical place to me. Sure enough, I found out later on that California thinks of the valley the way New Yorkers kind of think of Long Island or New Jersey. It's like an appendage, but it's not one that people get too excited about, shall we say. I was reminded of a scene in Point Break. Speaking of the speaking of movies taking place in California and, and beaches and everything else, Point Break where Keanu Reeves gets into a fight with a local surfer and he's like, "Go back to the valley, pal." And I was like, "Ooh." So apparently the valley is some kind of insult. 
but yeah, Karate Kid, it, it's just funny to me, man. I mean, D- Daniel LaRusso, like this kind of, this kind of soft Italian kid from uh, from New Jersey, who all of a sudden is is now learning how to how to fight and beat up all these guys. And the the actual <laughs> the actual choreography is terrible when you go back and you watch these fight scenes. But then again, if you go back and watch Rocky, I know I'm, I'm ruining your childhood right now. If you watch Rocky one, any human being after like one or two rounds of what you see in Rocky one would would be would probably be dead. Definitely after Rocky four. Rocky four is just Sylvester Stallone throwing haymaker after haymaker. And same thing with Ivan Drago. You know, I must break you. And they're just just clocking each other in the face. But if you watch it closely, they're actually the punches are missing by like six inches every time. Just really loud sound effects. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish up Cobra Kai. I'm, I'm going to give it even more of a shot. So I, I'm going to give it a, on the freedometer scale, on the on the scale of, of freedom, it's not at Chuck Norris level. I'll put it at eating steak for breakfast. That's the level of freedom where it is. You notice that we're the only people who really seem to do that? You know, other countries, you go over to Europe, they're like, uh, yes, monsieur, here is your little pastry, and here is a little uh, piece of a piece of an egg. I'm like, nah, man, I want food for breakfast. I am an American. So we put on the freedometer scale Cobra Kai at steak for breakfast, which is really, I guess, just a little bit below bacon for dinner. I think ne- next week I might just want to do a, a whole thing on, on ninja movies. Ninja, there are all these ninja movies. There's a movie called American Ninja about an American dude who just learns how to... They don't ever really explain it. Just like raised by a guy who teaches them how to be a ninja. So I, I, I will probably do a whole segment on ninjas next week. And this is kind of what the, the, Freedom, the Freedom Hub with Buck Sachs is going to be. It's just whatever I think we should talk about. Any, any fun things that come to mind. And if you want to give me your thoughts on, on where we should go with all this, this is really going to be collaboration. So I'm going to need to hear from all of you about you know, whatever you think we should be doing here in our little extra extra time together in, in the Freedom Hut podcast, uh, facebook.com slash Buck Sexton or officialteambuck at gmail.com. I think a lot of you figured out that the Facebook is, is actually easier because I don't have to log in and out of an account. But the Facebook messages I definitely read. And if I sound at all like I'm a little uh, out of it today, it's because as I am on air with you right now, I have worked a legitimate Wow, let me see. Uh, I have worked from 5.30 in the morning until 9 o'clock at night straight without a full hour break the entire day. So that's six and a half plus nine. So it's a little like 15 hours and change today. It's, it's kind of amazing I can still form complete senses. But team, this is what I do because I love this. All of you, you're my family. You know, so I, I've got to, when I say I'm going to deliver a podcast, I deliver a podcast. Uh, so next week we'll talk ninjas. Whatever else. I don't know. You, you let me know what you think we should get into. I'll give you a swamp, a, a dispatches from the swamp update, tell you about all the latest and greatest. I may be, I mean, I may be sitting down with the President of the United States next week. Not confirmed, not confirmed, but that is a possibility. Uh, also having some very other interesting guests in the lineup. I think we'll get some guests to join in on this podcast, too. There'll be people that I just want to sit down and chat with about whatever. It's, it's not going to be formal. Oh, well, what happened on the news today? Tell me about the news. No, no, no. Some of it will be news, general news cycle based, but as you can tell, it's going to be very different. It's going to be a weekly show, so it's going to be things that are on, on the mind, things that are in the headlines uh, in a big way. And then just really interesting stories. Man, I just want to have a chance to tell you really interesting stories here. And also, as promised, 
let you hang out with our friend who has been in exile far too long, and we miss him, and we are glad he is back. This is our special Russia collusion correspondent, the one, the only, Comrade Commie Bear. Prepare for a special Kremlin announcement from Comrade Commie Bear. Greetings, imperialist hyenas. Been a while, crocodile. After long absence, the Marxist mammal, the cuddly communist, the one, the only, the commie bear is back. No more need for the bear hide in Vladivostok Arctic bunker full of Swedish swimsuit model and Cuban cigar. Now that you have special counsel Mueller running around looking for any action, like Russian sailor on shore leave with two rubles in pocket. Your Department of Justice would make Pravda proud. Mueller is bringing more charges than Lavrenti Beria at the Human Rights Council meeting. <laughs> Russia collusion for real? You think we have to help our friend the Donald Trump defeating Hillary? She has all of the warmth of a Siberian prison guard. Ha, dude, for real. You think Hillary lost election because of Seabear and some of his KGB home slice? Come on, lock her up, chant wasn't information warfare, it was helpful suggestion. Hillary Clinton would bribe herself just to stay in practice. But yet, there is casualty of Russian meddling craziness too painful price for the bear to bear. The Hope Hicks is no longer in Washington, D.C. After this crazy capitalist swine known as Buck Sexton make me move to the swamp, I arrive and find there is no hope? This is disaster of Chernobyl proportion. But the good news is perhaps I can take Kim Kardashian and make her ambassador of international hotness. So this will be our first of many discussion from the swamp. Kami Bear wants you to all know, please, nobody knows how to party like the Communist Party. Dosvidanya, Yankee capitalist swine. All right, everybody, that's going to be it for this first edition of the Freedom Hut with Buck Sexton. Please do share it. Uh, give it to some friends. Put it up on your podcast page uh, or, or your Facebook page. If you got a podcast page, put it up there, too. Uh, we're going to be building it out. We're going to do more and more fun stuff, more characters, more interviews. This is just the beginning, my friends, just our first little visit to the hut. Uh, please do subscribe, and thank you so much for being here. And I think the way we're going to close out our Freedom Hut podcast is it's all in the reflexes.